Hi friends, I'm Paige. And I'm Abby. And welcome to A Love Like This podcast. To help wrap up the first season of A Love Like This, we thought we would share a few of our favorite moments from the past seven months. We were blessed with so many guests who have incredible impact on our lives and hopefully now yours. In our very first introduction episode, we said we wanted this podcast to be about sharing the memories, stories, and experiences that help us shape our lives. I think it's fair to say we accomplished just that. Our cousin Charlize got to share the story of losing her best friend Paris. Our parents shared some of their greatest life lessons. Past high school teachers brought to light some incredible revelations about faith and God. But most importantly, this season brought us closer to the people that matter most to us in life. We had no idea what 2020 would have in store, not only for us, but the entire world. However, one of the things that we did know is that this was a dream to create a podcast for the beginning of the year. And you guys, the people listening, have made this dream come to life and that will forever mean so much to us, more than you will ever know. We hope that as this year wraps up, that you would reflect and be still with joyful expectancy for what God will bring into your 2021. It's different for everyone in the way that they experience God and the way it humbles them and things like that. But I think the closest thing that the majority of people can kind of grasp and understand is Disney. Like the same feeling, like if, if I'm having a conversation with someone who's not a Christian or like who has had very minimal, I guess, experience with Christians, it's like the only thing I can compare it to is the feeling I get about Disney. A hundred percent. Like that is so true. That is so true. Because it's just like the, the sense of overwhelm that you get at Disney, like I was saying before, how your heart just feels like it's overflowing. It's like that's how it feels when you have a reckoning with God's love. Like it's it's Ooh, reckless love. Got that Corey Asbury in my head. No, but really, it's like such a similar feeling. And of course, I would like argue that any sense of God's love is like the most probably overwhelming, amazing feeling in the world. Disney would have to come pretty close. Hey, it's pretty. It's pretty darn close. It's very it's very dumb. close. Okay, practical takeaways: things that we can implement from Disney and from your experiences with Disney. My my thing always goes back to Brother Bear. Like, I don't know about you guys. Like, again, going back to aesthetics, Brother Bear encapsulates who I am so much, I feel like. Like, we have this, <laughs> this running joke that when I build my dream ranch one day, is like the, the song from the transformation in Brother Bear is going to be playing when I walk people through my house, which sounds ridiculous, but it's a great song. It's by the Bulgarian Women's Choir. Like, <laughs> nice. Well, like, I, yeah, I think Brother Bear, because it reminds me so much about family and how important it is and every time like I'm feeling greedy with my time or like I feel angry and stressed like I always think back to you know what like would this impress or would this I guess degrade my family's image of me and so I always like to think about you guys and I think brother bear told me that you know you know and I actually remember I was in Thailand in 2015 and I cried like I mean I don't think I'd ever cried like this before but I was listening to a brother bear song thinking of you guys and again like it's just this thing that brings me back so much to you guys and to God and to faith and just a feeling feeling like overwhelmed with the happiness. It's such a strange thing. And you can't you can't explain it. I just want to like bottle it up and feed it to people. <laughs> so for me, Disney, okay, this this is something that I've always thought about Disney for a second. You guys know I sleep with a baby Mickey Mouse toy mm. by my bed every night. He you helps me sleep Mickey. better. I love him so much. And it always gets me thinking. I kind of picture like all our memories are inside his tummy. And that's what makes me sleep at night. That is so cute. <laughs> that's so weird, but so cute. Mm. 
It's not weird. It's cute. I will stick with him. For, I don't care what people. Why did you throw him at a fan that time then? Because it was <laughs> funny to watch. <laughs> the thing that I love what Ben said too is how Disney is a constant reminder and, you know, ground. And I feel like for me, Disney has just always taught me you can find magic in your life, but magic doesn't come from, you know, pixie dust. Although I love to picture pixie dust, but it, it comes down to love, how love endures. And love is a choice that you can, you know, see and experience and feel and put out into the world every single day. Like that's a choice you can make. And I feel like Disney, Disney is a really good reminder of just how magic can manifest in your everyday through love. I love that. I love magic. Bring Faith, trust, and pixie, pixie dust. That's your takeaway guys. Faith, trust, trust and, and pixie, pixie dust. dust. When you think about it, Disney, it could not have been accomplished. It could not be what it is without God. You know what I mean? Like for Walt Disney to even conceptualize that I just I have to believe that in some way that came from God because how can you build this whole empire on joy and happiness if that didn't first come from God and so much of who God is and his character is revealed through Disney movies. 100% well, it's so it's so profound like we were just talking then about how material things you have to let go but like in reality Disney is something that's material yet it like impacts people and makes you feel such deep emotions that it, it becomes something that's greater than material. How do you keep such like a positive mindset? I, I honestly believe it's habit formed and I honestly mm. believe that it comes from so many things, but I think it really comes from First of all, I, I think it comes from the realisation of how important it is to me to be joyful, of how important it is to me to spread kindness and to just have that inner peace. Mm. That's really important to me because, like I said earlier in the in our conversation, I don't like feeling anything but happy. Mm. I know things are going to happen to make you unhappy, but I will always um, manage the situation in a way that joy is front and foremost. So 24-7, and I don't always, I'll be honest, I don't always, but I will quickly flip it. I will quickly try whatever I can, and it comes down to gratitude. It always comes down to gratitude. It always comes down to graciousness and just reflection on the things that we're so blessed to have, you know, and we can find it in every situation if we just look for it. Once we start looking for it, you don't look for anything else. You don't look, you, you don't have the thought process anymore to look anywhere else but through the, the eyes of graciousness, through the eyes of gratitude, no matter what. Like, you know, it could be the loss of a friend. Let's say, for example, I don't, and I don't mean death, but even in that, you know, even in death when, when I lost, you know, mama and papa, not that, and this is what I try to clarify a lot with my kids. It's not about, when I talk about gratitude or when I talk about resilience or, or graciousness or being thankful or getting out of bed, it's by no means being heartless. Mm -hmm. It's by no means dismissing that there is moments where you are going to be sad, where you are going to be anxious, where you are going to be angry. And I can say that firsthand as a mother, I don't think I have ever felt anger like I have when people have hurt you. You know, um, it's, it's natural to feel that way. But what I think having an attitude of gratitude and being gracious does is that it allows you to put things in a very different perspective where, like I said, that anger doesn't take over you. Um, 
So for example, you know, when when I lost mama and papa, it wasn't about, oh, you know, it's not about when bad things happen, saying, oh great, I can just move on. That's not resilience. That's not what I mean by gratitude. It's allowing yourself to feel what you're going to initially feel, which is obviously the deepest grief, the, the most heaviest of sadness when you've lost somebody you love, but then allowing yourself to then have a moment where you can reflect on what was good or on what is good. So for me to get through that grief when I lost my grandparents was about looking at the memories and saying to myself, how blessed was I, you know, to have had, (laughs) because I'm getting emotional because I'm thinking of them and I haven't for a while, but it's about reflecting on how lucky I was to have them. Like growing up, they were with me. What kid gets that, you know? And then also looking at the fact that, oh my gosh, they're in heaven. How awesome is that? Like how thankful am I that not only did I have those memories of my grandparents, they're waiting for me. And what we had here is such a small, 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 small part of what we're gonna have. So there's an an example of where gratitude came in to assist me with my grief. Gosh, again, I can tell you a million examples. Gosh, sitting in traffic, say for example. You know, I'm sitting in traffic and one minute I'm thinking, oh, I'm getting really stressed. But then when I reflect, I think, well, how grateful am I? I'm actually in a car that I own that can take me to a job that is assisting me to pay for this car. I'm not in an accident and I'm gonna use this time to listen to my favorite tunes. So I'm grateful. I'm grateful to be sitting in this traffic. I'm not in any hurry. Sure, it's traffic, but hey, better late than never. Do you know what I mean? And and now I find no matter what situation I'm in, because I've developed that habit so profusely and and I've made it so important, I think I maintain my positive attitude 24-7 because that's how I look at things. So like from then on, it was like, the chains that I was carrying and all the bad parts about losing her were just like lifted. Like it's when I realized that something good is gonna come out of this. It was the best de- decision I ever made. And like, it's, it's in the, it was in the midst of my loss when I had never felt closer to God. Like never in my life had I felt that feeling. And like, it didn't just become easy from then, but I was able to feel happy again and laugh about things. Um, and like God became my source of happiness. Mm. And like the pain even today is still with me, but I've learned to live with it. You know, like I still cry about it. I still think about it and like, oh, like it still aches my heart, but I've learned to live with it and just be happy again. And um, like he also taught me to be really thankful for what I have um, and that there will be good things, so many good things that are gonna come out of it. Like I didn't just lose my best friend. Like this is, this it has to make something good, you know? And like, I know now that I need to share this story and I pray that it has impacts on people. You know, that Paris losing her life could be what saves many others. I remember that day that, and I had been a Christian for like a year or something when this all happened. And I remember the day that we went to Manly I remember so clearly, and I mean, the song we're going to put over this episode is the music I listened to that day, looking over that ocean 
the sun just looked different that day. I can't even, it was like orangey. I don't even know. It looked different, right? And I just remember feeling so much like peace. It almost felt like heaven was on earth for a whole day. Like I couldn't explain it, but I just felt God so evidently that day. My really big struggle was being approved by me and it was really like seeking acceptance from others that I had to like rewire my thinking by reading scripture on who Christ said that I was. Mm -hmm. Because when we get to a point where like the Bible is completely true, and if that is the case, then what God mm -hmm. says about me and this is the truth. But if I don't know that truth, then I can't walk in confidence. I can't walk in my purpose. I can't walk confidently because I don't know who I am. So it's it's back to this intentionality of being like, it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. It doesn't matter the because at the end of the day, whatever Christ says about me is the truth. I remember too, like mm -hmm. I heard a woman share this and it was right when I first came to know the Lord, but it stuck with me. And whenever I was at church and she was in our prayer group, she would pray, Lord, don't allow me to believe a lie. Like any lie that I am believing about myself, would you reveal it to me? and replace it with the truth yeah, wow. because we don't always re recognize mm -hmm. things that we believe about ourselves that aren't the yeah. truth. So whatever is hindering a new believer or someone from really diving deep um, and, and diving full speed ahead into a relationship with Christ, I would just encourage you to read what scripture says about you um, and then ask God to start to reveal the things that you believe about yourself that Christ would say is not the case. Um, when we have a truthful understanding mm -hmm. of who he is and what he says, that's the only way we can have a truthful understanding of who we are in Christ. Um, but without mm -hmm. that, we're just kind of aimlessly wandering around trying to pick up the pieces and we'll never fully get there. Yeah, I, you know, kind of that very simple thing is just create things I love with people I love and then that that kind of can be uh, used for a lot of things. So that's like creating experiences, creating mm -hmm. relationships. Mm -hmm. I'm such a people person um, and I just love connecting with humans and I love getting to know people's hearts and being there for people and having people be there for me. And so like this honestly is so important to me to mm -hmm. just feel like I'm not alone or crazy and to bounce ideas off of people. Really music is so important to me. I love creating, I love writing, I love that like feeling when you get that lightning bolt of an idea and you mm -hmm. put it in your notes and it becomes a song and then you go like something like my person where mm -hmm. like that was an idea then we wrote it then I put it out and now you can go to a show and somebody will sing that back to you or get engaged to it or mm -hmm. that's just really cool so um and then you know just in general I really care about um learning and growing and pushing myself mm -hmm. those are things that just really I'm um, are you guys familiar with the Enneagram? Mm, I, I hear, I is it hear a, all an the time American thing? It's a personality test. Yeah. It oh, takes, that's right. you know, it's very quick and it's like a number system, one through nine. I am a three wing four, meaning that I love achieving and I love um, storytelling and like romanticism of life. And um, so I really love achieving, which can be toxic, but I, I really love like checking things off to-do lists and I love just living life as a like kind of like a game like how can I make this the best I possibly can and, and do it with people that I love and mm. 
yeah, my, my life gets better the more that I don't overthink stuff mm -hmm. and I just do stuff that makes me happy. And mm -hmm. I know, again, it sounds cliche and then you don't do it and you're like, oh, that's, that's why people do it. With your life all about that you're 100% responsible for everything that happens to you, talk to us about that one. All right, so again, this was this was one that I learned and it was pretty hard hitting because obviously things happen to you which are out of your control, right? Absolutely, it happens to everybody. But a lot of the things that happen to you, you are responsible for. What I figured out was that if you, if you have a mindset that everyone else is responsible for things that happen to you, like if you lost that job or if you lost that football game or you know, you lost that friend, whatever, you can blame. And the simplest thing in the world is to blame somebody else. But the people I find that take responsibility for things like that are the, are the most successful and the happiest. And the reason is, you're not a blamer, right? The, the world is the world's absolutely full of victims and victim mentality. You know, it's so easy just to blame other people or things that are happening in the world, but you know, you are responsible. You've got a choice in what happens to you. So if when things happen, don't go looking for anybody to blame, whether it be God or whether it be your circumstances or whether you think you've, your family's poor or things like this will always happen to you. Just, I, I suggest look in the mirror first. And what, what we do, what I learn in our business, we have some clients that are pretty mean, you know, and what we decided to do was be logical about it so if a client rings up and they've got some sort of problem they're mean to us and we used to just take it on poorly you know we'd get upset we'd, we'd start you know um, blaming each other we'd start blaming the environment whatever it was just a blame mentality and to be honest nothing really good came from it, it didn't solve the problem it just made us feel terrible what we do now we look at what's happened and we identify whether firstly it was our fault or whether it was somebody else's fault. If it's our fault, we man up, take responsibility for it. We say, yep, it was us, we screwed up and we fix it. We ring the client, we, or we just fix the problem, we just hit it head on and we get it over and done with as quickly as we can in a, in a kind, um, respectful manner. But on the other side, if it's not our fault, we tell the person that it's their fault, it's not our fault, and, but we do it again in a respectful manner. That usually fixes the problem. It's done and dusted. The more, the more you dwell on these things and the more non-communicative you become, the worse these things become both in your mind and the actual problem itself can get worse and worse and worse. Just fix it, man up, hit it head on and have the attitude that, yep, I'm 100% responsible for everything that happens to me. Dad, that's probably a common thing in your age group and business life too, but I think that's such a common thing, particularly, I mean, probably young guys. I, I don't know if guys are the same, but particularly like teenage girls. Mm. I don't know why when drama stems or something, a negative situation happens, mm. people tend to not take the blame for certain situations. It's mm. always, you know what I mean? Like they always try and impose it on other people, like mm. as if they cause the problem. So like what you said about how you're 100% responsible for everything that happens to you. And I feel like that kind of fits in with the way perspective work, works in a situation where we can think that everything around us is happening for a reason or whatever that is. But taking control of how we think also happens with um, like our perspective on certain situations, if that makes sense. Mm, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah, look in the mirror first. Yeah. Look in the mirror first and see whether you can fix it. It might be the people you're hanging around. Maybe they're the wrong crowd. And if that's the case, it's not going to get any better. It's probably mm. going to get worse and you're gonna, it's going to change you as a person, which leads me to my next life rule. Of, what is it? <laughs> <laughs> this is cool. This, this is in a book by a guy called... Um, Benjamin Hardy, PhD. Again, it was from the Ziegler podcast and I ended up buying his book. And, and it's basically change your environment or your environment will change you. What it means is, again, it, if you start hanging around the wrong kind of people um, for long enough, you will change. 
Mm. Right. So if it again, if it doesn't fit with your core values and your ethics, get out of there. Change your environment. It's like um, it's like when you guys were at school. You know, in that in that terrible school where you're getting bullied and picked on and everything like that. I guess most people's attitudes are stick it out. You know, hang in there, hang tough. You'll fight through this. Yeah, and we thought we could do that at one point. Mm. And that that's how I was brought up. You know, do it. Like face it. Mm. But the reality is, sometimes you've got to change your environment. I mean, everyone else around you is not going to change. You cannot change their attitudes and the way they, they act. So I'm so proud of you girls, and I don't know how you found that school, but you did. And you moved schools, you changed your environment, and as a result, you were changed. So again, change your environment or your environment will change you. Simple, practical way is if you're trying to lose weight, don't have chocolates in your pantry. Coming from you, seriously. <laughs>